This podcast contains subject matter that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Four imprints, one. One It's time to open the door in your mind. Sit back and listen to true horror. But be careful what you allow in. Because it's time to go through Through the fog. fog. This week's story is Less Than Nothing. Posted by user crypticwander to r slash creepypasta. The sun set quickly across the sky, casting a blood-red hue that only fall can give. The moon that rose in its place gave everything an otherworldly feel. Snaps of cold wind blew through the trees, shaking the dead leaves like a giant maraca. Skeletons, ghosts, and all sorts of creatures happily skipped through the streets, swinging their bags of candy without a care. James envied these children as they celebrated Halloween, full of excitement and wonder as children should be. His son was not among them. Soon, he whispered under his breath. He made his way towards the outskirts of town, passing by more children as they laughed and chattered. It served as a reminder of what he lost, stinging his heart again and again. Thankfully, they began to thin out as he approached his destination. The wrought iron gate came into view, growing taller as he came closer. With the light of the moon, he could make out the landscape beyond, as if it was trying to hide from the world. It was a dreadful place, and silhouettes, both short and long, stood in odd intervals. Their imposing shadows stretched out across the grass, making him feel very unwelcome. As the moon climbed ever higher, he got to the cemetery gate. He could hear a dog barking off in the distance as he looked at the padlock that held fast a thick line of chain. It would be a sought-out destination for the older kids in town this night so he wasn't too surprised to find it locked. He hoped to God there wouldn't be any here tonight. He needed to be alone. Otherwise, he might not have another chance. James made his way down the sidewalk, trying to find another way in. The bars of the fence eventually turned into a wall of stone and mortar. It was still high, but he leapt up and was able to grab a hold at the top. James wasn't completely out of shape, but even still, he struggled to pull himself up. His feet scraped against the side and began to find purchase when he heard the exciting talking coming a ways down the road. A group of teenagers were loudly going on about their evening as they made their way towards where he was. In a surge of desperation, he scraped the underside of his forearms as he finally made his way up and over the side. He landed hard on the ground, just missing a small marker that stood only a foot or two away from his head. He breathed a sigh of relief as soon as the group of voices came and went, leaving James unnoticed. He got up, dusted himself off, and turned his gaze to the land of the dead. He knew the cemetery well enough, as it was only yesterday he said goodbyes to his son at the funeral. At night, when the shadows took over, however, the entire place took on an alien appearance. The tree branches clacked together, adding to the odd sound that rose in the distance. Cold fear coursed through him as he took in the view. Taking another deep breath, he steeled himself for what was to come. He had to get this done and nothing was going to stop him. He faced forward with his mind on his task and walked between the stones with as much confidence as he could muster. 
Eventually, he got his bearings when he saw the large paved road that had a shed at the turn. He made his way past and continued as the grade began to rise. Off in the distance, there came a sound, clacking from the road ahead of him that was rapidly coming closer. He didn't have a weapon of any kind, and he braced himself to kick whatever it was. Then he was surprised to find a large dog. It stopped a few feet away and gave a sad whimper. His heart nearly leapt out of his chest, and he once again composed himself. Psst, get lost, he whispered harshly. It gave him a sideways look and walked back towards the shack. James shook his head and continued on. Nearly at the crest of the hill, he looked off to the left and saw the large stone building his son lay in. He walked over to the stone steps, slowing down to get a grip on his thoughts and feelings. It was a moment of reverence as happy memories of his boy came to mind. Those feelings then soured, and tears began to fall from his cheeks. Those thoughts turned to the ruined remains he was forced to look upon the day Nathan was found. His son walked home from school as he only lived nine blocks away. When he never showed up, James called the police to report him missing. And it was a few days later his body was found. It was stuffed behind some bricks at a construction site outside of town. He was clearly murdered, and he was so horribly mutilated that James couldn't clearly identify him without dental records. Skin was slashed and torn, and his face had been caved in, most likely from the large chunk of bloody concrete found close by. It was a closed casket funeral, and having lost his wife to an aneurysm five years prior, the attendance was small. It was at the funeral that the odd man approached him. He was dressed in a large gray coat and a wide brim hat set atop a head of gray hair. He seemed to keep himself as Nathan's coffin was placed into his tomb. The entrance was sealed, and what few friends and family came began to shuffle out. Before long, it was just James and the man. James began to walk out as well, pulling out a pack of cigarettes to light one. He patted his pockets and sighed in annoyance that he had forgotten to bring a lighter. The man picked up on this and approached, handing him a book of matches. I am truly sorry for your loss, he said. Lost in grief, James just gave a quick nod, thanked him as he sparked one of the sticks. Always sad when a father outlives his child. But it doesn't have to be that way. Please, I don't know who you are. But can you just leave, replied James. In time I shall. However, first I must insist that you hear me out. There is a way for your son to come back. James creased his eyebrows at this. Clearly the man was insane and his nonsense was quickly getting on his nerves. I, I think you'd better just go. Who are you, anyway? What possible reason could you have for being at my son's funeral? Why, I am a friend, Mr. Monroe. You may call me Nick. I am offering you a chance of a lifetime. Tomorrow it will be Halloween, and the veil between the living and the dead will be at its thinnest. That is the only chance you will have. The instructions are here on this card, Nick said, offering it to him between two gloved fingers. Follow these instructions precisely, and you can have your boy back. And I do mean precisely. James looked the purple card over and scoffed, letting it drop to the stone steps of the mausoleum. Again, I urge you, do them to the letter, or things could go horribly wrong. That is all, Mr. Monroe. Good day, said the man as he tipped his hat and walked off. James picked the card up after he left. Of course it was stupid. Entertaining the idea made him even angrier. As the day went by, however, he found himself fantasizing about its success while turning it over and over. What if, he wondered. 
He missed Nathan terribly and would give anything to have him back. When Halloween came the following day, he felt he had no other choice. So, here he was, standing in front of the great stone building. The door was locked as well, but the chain was snapped easily enough, as if it was no bigger than a necklace. He opened the door and almost lost his balance when he saw how dark it was inside. It was as if he had opened a void that would swallow him up like he never existed. He took a breath and stepped inside. Each footstep echoed through the place of rest. Loud enough to wake the dead, he thought. He soon made his way to the back where the light of the moon shone through the skylight above and stood in front of the stone seal that had his son's name. After running a hand down the sand-blasted letters, he wrapped the tips of his fingers around the sides and began to pull. The ceiling putty hadn't yet hardened and wouldn't for another few months. Even still, the airtight vacuum made it a slow task. His joints ached, but after a few minutes it finally gave and the seal was broken. The slab fell to the floor with a resounding shatter of stone, and he looked into the dark tomb where Nathan's coffin sat. It was heavy, but he managed to pull it out with some effort, guided it to the floor as gently as possible. After unsnapping the locks of the lid, he pulled it up, and there was the destroyed face of his son. The skin was glued back together as well as it could be. However, large amounts of bones still glistened through in the moonlight. Tears formed once more, making it difficult to read. But he looked to the card and read the instructions once more. Place five candles around the body in a star fashion and light them. Anoint the head with oil. Place your hands upon the chest and recite the words. It was a hard process for him. The oil made Nathan's tattered skin come loose, and the feelings of it around his fingers made James queasy. Using the magic provided him, he lit the candles one after the other and cleared his throat. As he began to speak, the door out front banged against the wall and made him jump. He looked to the left, not sure what to expect and the dog from earlier made his way up to him. Get, he said, giving the dog a smack to the leg. It whimpered and strolled over to the corner where it curled up and sat. The eyes of the dog on him made him feel guilty, like he was some kind of monster. He put it out of his mind and continued his morbid task. Permitor legion acipere animam fili mi nimo Sit, iter, illum, et, obscurum, inter, faciens. The odd words rang through the empty building, and at first, nothing happened. James looked fearfully down at his son's dead body, both hoping it would and wouldn't rise. More silence filled the space, and he threw the card across the room. Disappointment and anger began to creep in. He was close to completely losing it when he heard a crackling sound. It was something like water when it rapidly froze, and then a violent explosion erupted in front of him. As if the air itself was ripped open, a blue window to somewhere else was presented. Through the window, he could make out a forest of dead-looking trees, and yes, the face of a child. It was Nathan. The air around him blew harshly as a tall figure walked in from the entrance. It was Nick from the funeral still wearing the heavy coat and wide-brimmed hat. James couldn't see his face as he squinted. Nick's deep voice boomed out. Mr. Monroe, I must thank you for all of your work. What is this? How do I get my son out of there? He yelled back. 
His face remained hidden, but his eyes began to glow bright red like that of an electric burner. The man walked forward and bent down to stroke what remained of the boy's cheek. Once more he rose to his feet and lifted a hand to the portal. This is the gateway to purgatory. When a person dies, their soul goes here and is judged on its way to their final destination. Only a human is able to open the door. So if I walk through there, I can get Nathan? Presumably, yes. However, you were never opening it for yourself, and I doubt you'd survive the terrors that call it home. What do you mean? You should really brush up on your Latin, Mr. Monroe. What I mean is, without the guidance of God to protect you, the evil that dwells in Purgatory's dark reaches will rip you apart and drag you to hell. Normally, a child his age is automatically brought to Heaven's Gate, and as the Bible says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. However, when you read the words from that card, as his parent and guardian, you gave me full access to his soul. You son of a bitch! Who are you really? He began to chuckle. The tone rapidly dipped down multiple octaves. The coat he wore burst open, and the leathery wings spread out. The hat fell to the ground as the large horns of a ram pushed out of his skull and curved. His already large body seemed to double in size, and before him stood a demon, whose appearance was straight out of a renaissance painting. I couldn't have done it without you. I no longer have need of you, however, so you can join your son in everlasting torment. He growled. The demon made his way towards him on unnaturally long legs, and James had a thought. Can I at least enjoy one last smoke? He asked, pulling out his pack. The demon seemed to enjoy the triviality of it all, and stopped. James lit up a match, and then lit the rest of the book. The demon growled, but before he could pounce, James threw the flaming book onto his son's body, which quickly became engulfed in flames. No! It hissed, but it was too late, and the portal that was there was beginning to bend. James was able to catch one last glimpse of his son, and the demon was on him. It crushed his body with massive fists and ripped at his flesh with sharp claws. The dog that had taken his place in the corner got up and made a beeline for the demon. Taking its forearm into its teeth, the demon threw the dog off with ease and it landed on the other side of the portal. Blood was pouring out of James's body, but he just smiled through the pain knowing his son would be okay. Don't look so smug, you pig. I might not be able to take him, but he still has no protection. There are many others who will happily rip him to pieces again and again. <laughs> the light from his eyes faded, and James let out his final breath. Through the Fog was recorded by Haptic. Edited by Brad LeBaron, Haptic, and Kevin Caravan. And produced by Flyover State Park. All stories are recorded either with the author's permission or with a Creative Commons share-like license. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find the links to Haptic and Flyover at State Park's link trees down in the show notes. There you can find links to our podcast on other platforms, as well as Twitter and other social media and YouTube links. Redistribution or sale of this podcast is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of both Haptic and the story authors. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. This is Flyover State Park.
you are clear to land.